Good morning. It is Saturday, October the 14th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm John David Walt, and this is your wake-up call. And yes, friends, you know what Saturday means. It means we're going to have a Holy Spirit story. And today's is entitled, When a Good Vision Becomes a God Vision. Our text is always on Saturday is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. Today's story comes to us from Amy Britton. First, I want you to notice the way the Holy Spirit gave her this assignment, and how she carried it until the time was right. Notice how it began as a good vision, but grew by the Holy Spirit's movement into a God vision. Notice all the moving parts and how it involves so many people and how Amy allowed it to all converge. It doesn't seem like with lots of stress and anxiety, which can so often come into this kind of work. I'll be interested to see what other things you notice as well. You'll be reading the story if you're reading it in Amy's own words, and of course you who are listening will hear it now in her own voice. A few years back, in early February, I was talking with my dad, who mentioned that he was planning a trip to visit his parents leaving on Monday, Thursday, and being gone for about a week. I negotiated that if he were willing to wait until Good Friday to leave, I could go with him. I hadn't seen my grandparents in a while. Besides, the next week was spring break, so I could easily take a week off work. Dad was amenable to this plan. For a few years, I had been aware that there was a Lutheran Indian ministry site in my dad's hometown. I had been dreaming about organizing some sort of mission project for this at my church whenever I might get up to Bemidji next. So after my dad and I made our rough outline of plans, I got in contact with the pastor at the Lutheran Indian Ministry site in Bemidji to ask how my church in Kentucky could support them. We ended up determining that Bibles would be very helpful for the ministry. When I hung up the phone, I was thinking, I go to a tiny church with minimal resources, and Bibles are expensive. My original goal for this project was to donate six Bibles to the ministry. Little did I know I had an Amy-sized goal for a God-sized idea. After a couple phone calls, my goal jumped to 12, and then 20, although I was fairly certain 20 was an unachievable goal. Meanwhile, my dad was talking with my sister, who negotiated for us to wait to leave until after church on Easter. A few days later, as my church officially launched the Bibles for Bemidji project on Ash Wednesday, my goal crept up to 30 Bibles, then 40. Meanwhile, my dad told my mom about our trip to visit his parents, and my mom 
who had Easter responsibilities at her church in Alaska, said she wanted to go with us. We decided we couldn't wait until Tuesday to leave, but we did arrange for my mom to take a red-eye flight that would arrive in Madison, Wisconsin on Monday morning. We were to pick her up in Madison, which was exactly the halfway point on our journey, and continue north. As a friend of my dad said when he heard about our plans, let me get this straight. You're collecting three people from three different cities, traveling hundreds of miles in a 14-year-old vehicle at a time of year when you could easily find yourself facing ice and snow, and halfway through the trip, picking up another passenger after an overnight transcontinental flight. What could go wrong? Amazingly enough, because the Spirit was directing everything about this trip, nothing went wrong. Back to the Bible's project. My goal kept creeping up, and when it became apparent we would get more than 80 Bibles, I gave up on goals and simply went with guessing. When my best guess exceeded 120, I gave up on guessing. When I was talking with the pastor to make arrangements for delivering these Bibles, he asked about how many Bibles to expect, and I could only respond, a lot. By then, I really couldn't get more specific. Because the Holy Spirit had worked through my sister to put off our departure until after church on Easter, my church was able to conclude this Lent mission project with a blessing of the Bibles during our Easter worship service. After church, my dad, sister, and I had a rendezvous in Louisville where we loaded up the Bibles into my parents' van and started the long trek north. The next morning, we retrieved my mom from the Madison airport and continued north to Bemidji, where we delivered 132 Bibles to the mission, a far cry from my original goal of six. I had asked folks to pray that we not run into any snowstorms, tornadoes, or deer. God's grace brought us through all three unscathed and I returned home with a new appreciation for God-sized ideas. The Prayer Abba Father, thank you for this story of abundance and the Word of God. Thank you for Amy's initiative and the way you did abundantly above all she asked or even imagined. We pray for each person who now holds one of these Bibles for the Word of God to work the miracles of faith, transformation, encouragement, and of teaching and training and rebuking and correcting. May the Holy Spirit, who inspired every word of the Bible, now inspire every one of these new readers. Open up the horizons of our visions and give us the courage to take simple, and even small steps of obedience to the assignments of your Spirit. Praying in Jesus' name, Amen. And the question, we can tend to make two errors in taking on visionary assignments from the Holy Spirit. Number one, we can think way too small, or two, way too big. Sometimes we can be plagued by timidity, and then on the other hand, by grandiosity. Which side do you tend to err on? 
And for our hymn today, we're going to sing our Saturday song. You know the words, you know the tune, Sanctuary. We'll sing it through twice. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. And Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Amen. Well, I know that we're all carrying heavy hearts around the tragic unfolding of this war in Israel. This is so diabolically devastating. And it just, it's just like Satan, it's, he's overplaying his hand here, okay? He's overplaying his hand. And, you know, I hope that we're not, I hope that we're finding a way to be moved by the humanity of all of these people. And I hope that we're, it's, it's hard not to be utterly traumatized by it all. And yet we need to feel it. And we need to you know what we need to do? We need to move from prayer into travail. You see, the trauma that we're experiencing, the feelings that are coming to us, I know at least I can say for myself, I'm getting very angry. And I find my anger drifting over into a political dialogue at times. And it's such a distraction. I, I, I want to be mad. I want to blame somebody. I want to get upset. I want to blame some other country. I want to blame national leaders. And, and I just want to repent from that right here today with you and invite you to join me in realigning our hearts with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And let us enter into travail. Let this anger be put into the olive press of Gethsemane and let us cry out to God. We do need political leaders to have courage and to, to execute their responsibilities, but they can't solve this. This will not be solved by the the political wranglings of men and women. 
this is a heaven-sized, and this is ancient, and this is persistent. So, Father, we cry out to you in the the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and we cry out peace over this land. We cry out peace over this region, over these warring parties. Father, we pray for miracles of saving lives in the midst of war and destruction. We pray for awakening, for great awakening, for people, for people who, for, for all those persons who are in the midst of this awful, awful conflict to wake up, come to their senses, and that they would make peace, that they would put down their weapons, that their swords could be beat into plowshares. Father, we pray for the families who are missing their loved ones, who are just grieving a grief we can hardly fathom. We come alongside them and we just say, peace, 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 be still, peace. And Father, we need you to become the mighty fortress in this land. We we just want to We want to offer this prayer, these prayers in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray that something that is meant for so much evil could somehow be turned to good. We pray that out of the ashes of this disaster, that you would raise up your church to sow the seeds of faith in a great awakening and that it would already begin to germinate and sprout in this world. We are desperate for you, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. And give us a a spirit of travail to continue, to persist, to contend, to not give up, to give you no rest, Lord. That's what you're inviting these days. It's just so easy for us to just sit on the couch and watch this on television and and you're calling us to go into the room and close the door and contend in the in the secret place. That's where we want to be. Help us, Jesus. Help us, help our churches, help our families. Wake us up. All of this we ask in your name, Jesus, today. Amen. Thank you for entering into that with me or allowing me to enter into that with you because I know this is where your heart is too. And uh, we're desperate, guys. We're desperate. We're desperate for Jesus. So let's put a pin in it right there today. Let's get out into the world that we're in today and and do our best. Let's sow seeds. Let's sow seeds of encouragement, of hope, of love, of faith, of awakening. Those will come up in awakening. Um, this, This weekend, I'm actually out in Charleston, South Carolina. My girls, my two daughters, Mary Catherine and Lily, are in their fall break, and I just wanted to go out and and be with them and spend some time with them. So pray for us and 
We'll give you an update on that next week. All right, gang, for The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.